This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And for anyone that followed me during 2020 and 2021 over on LinkedIn, my next guest is somebody that I got to speak to on a weekly basis. We became a bit of a Holly and Phil double act in the recruitment world. This, our wonderful community, is Ian Nolson, who was my co-host on Recruitment Shining Stars, but joins us today because he's going to talk to us us about what he's learned as a growth coach. So welcome to you today, Ian. How are you? I'm very good, Leisha. I'm very good indeed. And yourself, you're looking very well. I like your new hair. Thank you. Yeah, I've gone gone a little bit darker, I think, than uh, when we saw each other previously. And we've both gone for the daffodils, as we record this in spring 2022. I should actually correct what I've said. Welcome back, because you actually came on the podcast in 2020, I think, when we first launched. We did. We so, did. Thank you so much. So what have you been up to? Tell us a little bit about how things have been for you since we finished our Recruitment Shining Stars show. Uh... Well, um, it's a good question, Leisha. I mean, I've been extremely busy. Um, I think the business that I was doing before COVID, I'm now in a different world, like everybody else, should I say. So whereas before I was probably 80% on the road, meeting customers, coaching face-to-face, I'm now at least 50% work from home. Um, and we can talk about that. Um I'm, at least, I'm only working with a select number of customers face-to-face, but I'm literally only now doing leadership coaching and, and growth coaching, business growth coaching, which is what I've always done. And it's what I love doing the most. So, yeah. So that's that's me, really. And, and we've known... Oh, and I've become a grandfather. I've become a granddad. So if we've got any fellow grandparents, new grandparents, then please make sure you say hello in the comments. Thank you so much. And that's wonderful news. And what a lovely job to have. Probably the best job, I would say. But let's move back to recruitment. We've known each other for a very long time. So just give us a snapshot as to your credence, I suppose. Why do people invite you to become a growth coach for them? And what does that actually mean? Okay, so I've been in the recruitment industry coming up for 40 years. Wow. You started when Um, you were five, obviously. I started when I was 22. Wow. So there you are. You can work it out. Whoops. Yeah. Um, what else? Well, I've worked uh, for all. I've worked in IT, engineering, technology, done public sector recruitment. I ended my days working for Hayes as a as a public sector director for Hayes across the whole of the UK. Um, so I've worked for large businesses, very large businesses, strategically. And what I'm all of the time on it throughout my entire career, I've created businesses from nothing or gone in and re-engineered businesses that are failing and taken exec search companies in Hamburg and turned them into contingent IT recruiters and opened offices across Europe, across the UK, in different markets. So that's me. That's that's my background. And 
Growth coaching, what does that mean? That means I go into companies and I help them create three to five year business plans, sometimes with an exit, sometimes with an event. And I coach the business leaders in those uh, companies to deliver that plan and to get through that event. Um, and in the last 12 months, I've been working with Meet Recruitment, who've got offices across the world. I mean, these, these companies are on my website, so people can check that out. And they've gone through an event. And I'm working with a whole raft of other businesses and leaders across across the world. Across I, the world. We actually talk so camera, we think that our, your clients and my audience are probably in the same regions. <laughs> well, hopefully they're one and the same. So I've got customers. Sometimes my day starts at 7 o'clock, 7.30 with my Melbourne, Sydney, um, Australia cohort. And, you know, I then move across the globe and coach people in the Middle East, sometimes in, in mainland Europe, um, and then on through the UK. And I sometimes, not always on the same day, Leisha, I promise you. <laughs> I'll end my day at seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock in an evening, talking to a cohort of people. I coast, coach on the West Coast of the United States in San Diego, San Francisco, and it's, I love it. So it's great. It's good fun. It sounds like it. And I do hope you are not burning the candle at both ends on a personal level. No, not. No. Talk about that off camera. Um, well, look, if you are listening to this and you haven't yet sort of become familiar with Ian, then you must follow Ian. And this is why I've invited you onto the channel today, because you are possibly the best person to answer the next question that I'm going to ask. And, you know, just on a personal level, we got to work so closely together for a year on the on the Recruitment Shining Stars show, which I guess in a way almost propelled this podcast because it allowed me to understand what true thought leadership was and how we can share the value that people have gone through in terms of their own experiences running companies. And, and actually we can all learn from one another and we can share the information and we can better ourselves and make the industry that we are clearly both so passionate about. And, you know, it's our life blood isn't it recruitment and it share yeah. this with people that you know a lot of our listeners are new new people to the industry they're, they're starting their journey and they probably look at the likes of you and me and say right I want to know everything that you know so just listening into an episode like this with Ian is going to be gold dust good okay. hopefully so the question well I said multi-million pound question is this right so whilst you've been doing a lot of this leadership coaching and growth you know in terms of people achieving exit whatever it might be you must have five really good examples and we can talk about them independently of things that you've learned this year that successful businesses are doing to achieve success and that could be in any sector as long as it's recruitment led so what would you say the five things that you've learned this year have been that are creating business success we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. 
Now, back to the chat. Well, this was an interesting question because the world we live in is very dynamic. And when you and I, you posed the question to me a few weeks back, we were in the middle of, of COVID um, om- Omicron virus. Yeah. Um, we're now in the UK. We're now moved beyond that. And we're now moving into very difficult times in Europe. So the, the, the answer to your question is changing all the time. But let me try and give you five things that for me, and some of these things people will be familiar with, but it's what is, it's where we are today. And these things will change. So the first thing I would say is that the businesses that I'm working with that are the most successful are no longer focused solely on a UK market. Okay. And they are looking globally across the world. They're either already in those markets or they're looking to expand into those markets. And the the interesting bits, and I'm working with customers in life sciences, engineering, IT, technology. Um, Some of my customers service recruitment businesses in what we would think of as traditional domestic temp markets like education, healthcare, logistics, retail, you know, and all other points as well. So the big markets that everyone's focusing on where the the big money is are three markets, which are the US, Canada, um, Australia, a bit of mainland Europe. But you'll appreciate because of the challenges they had with COVID earlier in the year and because of what's going on in sadly Ukraine at the moment, then that's cooled down a little bit. But that's those that I mean, if I was saying to somebody right now who's an MD or a business owner who's based in the UK, what is driving this is, is the margins in the UK being squeezed, the aggressive UK market. And people are saying, actually, when I can get $35,000 a deal, a placement yeah. in the US for a, a top life science or a top engineer, and I'm struggling to get 10, 12 grand in the UK, you know. Why would you do that? Why would you do it? And, and, and I've worked with a number of companies um, that have set up uk teams only selling into international markets so we're doing it here so we're not talking about setting up an office globally we're talking exactly about, can it, from here? You can, it can be done yeah, so know. i can give you i won't name names because i i, I don't wish to but no. what i can tell you of in in 2018 2017 there was a client i was working with they had a team based here in the northwest selling into the east coast of the united states and they ended up with 40 50 contractors operating in you know, New York, East Coast of the United States. And then physically, they were able to go and open up there. Wow. And they were working 12 o'clock lunchtime till seven, eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah. I've worked with a legal recruitment based, again, in the Northwest, a different client. They, they place people all over the world and they have consultants that start at six o'clock in the morning, but they finish at two, three o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. Now, does that work to everybody? No, I'm, I'm a... I'm a late person, but if, if, if you're a morning person in the middle of summer, that's that's no problem. Yeah. You come to work, you're in the office for six, you finish at two. If you're a, I know, golfer, tennis player, you're an outward bound person, you know, you can be out there mountain biking. Yeah, or, or, or do whatever, you know. Yeah, if, absolutely. If so I think that, I think as a first point, I think that's, are there any sectors, I mean, I guess you, you talked about maybe domestic ones like your healthcare and your education. But generally speaking, our audience is across every single industry. There's no reason. Are there any sort of top tips in terms of if you, if you are going to 
recommend that people go globally? Are there any do's and don'ts yes. contracts? Because it's a minefield, isn't it? Yeah. Top tip is don't open up a payroll function in the US. Get an expert involved. There are two or three companies out there. Uh, to give you a name of somewhere to start, there's a company called Azure Global. They were at the Recruitment Expo a few weeks back, and a lot of people would have seen them and met them. You know, have a chat with them. They're a great company to talk to. I, I believe they're already in all of those markets, and I believe they're potentially going into 60, 80 across the world, or they'll be in 60, 80. So if you're looking to expand, partnerships. Yeah. That's I the first step. You know, build it. And the other thing is, having done this myself, companies that say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of my billers here, I'm going to put him in New York, I'm going to put him in a WeWork, and I'm going to say, off you go. Those companies struggle because there's a culture shift when you move from A to B. There's a different way of working. There's a whole raft of things people have got to learn. And there's almost a six to eight week period where that person's productivity is about 20%. Yeah. If that person's based in Manchester, just working those hours, and you build a fee line of, I don't know, $20,000 a month, yeah. when that person goes to New York, there's no financial pressure on them, no. you know, and you're not wasting money. And they've, they've learned that lifestyle and they can make a decision about whether they go. When I opened Hamburg in, or when I did work in Europe for Hayes, we had a team in the UK with, of language, international language speakers servicing markets in, in Germany, the Netherlands, Spain, Italy, and they would support the expansion and the growth of the teams on the ground. So, you know, you could win business on the ground. So that's the next step. So there's a, there's a quick, simple model. If people want to know more, just get them to give me a call. I, you know, I'll give away that sort of information for free. If they want more and coaching, then we can talk. But that, you know, that's and, that, and that's what this is about. You know, people want to be absolutely right. And, and so, we tag us all in this as well. That's 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 absolutely yeah. fantastic. So the next thing you wanted to know, five things. So the next thing is work from home. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about work from home because we can't avoid it. So let's get. Let me just get you something out there. I've been working with about 20 recruitment companies across the globe over the last two and a half years and i can even go before that when work from home wasn't fashionable and we've been forced to work from home so let me tell you some facts okay um all of the mds and business owners will tell you working from home 100 percent of the time doesn't work okay yeah so it won't work and it won't work for two or three reasons first reason is you struggle to develop your trainees and move them to the next level. Yeah. Um, secondly, you struggle to develop your existing staff and those that are, 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 are not performing at the right level. You can do it, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but you don't get the same rate of growth. And then the third thing is leadership. Right. It demands a level of leadership and skills that are probably beyond the, beyond the scope of most average recruitment leaders i'm not saying it's not impossible and there are, i can give you good people out there in fact i can't because their bosses would be terrified that your clients would go and headhunt them. in fact Leisha, they might say you can't tell a headhunter who my best people are but what does work what does work is hybrid okay hybrid working and that is the future so hybrid, where it's a balance, a blend, or is this where it's dictated to the people or do they get to pick and choose? Oh, great question. Great question. Uh, I think that I, I know when people ask questions and I'm sat listening, I always think, just give me a straight answer to the question. So I'll give you a straight answer and then we'll, we'll discuss it. 
Uh, no, they can't dictate it. But equally, the employer can't dictate it either. Yeah. Because ultimately, the recent survey, I, I, I'd have to find the details of it. I think CIPD did one. 85% of people are not are going to work from home a percentage of the time. So if you're an employer and you say you need to be in the office five days a week, if, if it's while you're training and developing, yes. Or if it's for a four to six week period, yes. But if you're saying in London, we need all your people back in the office working five days a week, you'll get them to do it. But while they're doing it, they'll be looking for another job and then they'll be bye-bye. I I agree with you. And for what it's worth, because I know this is about your opinion, but I actually agree with the hybrid. Um, This is for experience. I think it's we've got to really look after people that are coming into the industry for the first time. I think there has to be a culture of support and you know, osmosis, that regardless of what your amazing training might be listening to this, you know, people learn from people. It's as simple as they that. Do. We're going to make an assumption that we're talking about the experienced market, treat people as adults and they will, you know, be accountable. It's as simple as that. But I think having a culture is very challenging if you are 100% remote. Generally speaking, there are exceptions to the rule. I, for one, run a totally remote business. But we're exceptions to the rule. I think, generally speaking, most of our audience will have, hopefully, experienced... Obviously, we all had to experience it, like you say, but it was forced upon us legally. Um, I think that some of the best-performing cultures, I agree with you, are hybrid. So I back Ian up on what he said there. So that's point number two. So hybrid... And I think the point is, hybrid is here to stay. Now, there's an implication for that. Yeah. And and this this isn't just hybrid for recruiters. This is hybrid across the UK economy. In fact... For those of you in Australia and America, you already know it's a hybrid global. It's a global hybrid economy. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've seen that is here. Let's, you know, let's build on that. Let's look into our crystal ball into the future. What does that mean for expansion? Uh, it means that we, this is the third thing. We recruiters are no longer looking at local talent pools. Okay. In the professional sector, Every recruiter is looking at regional talent pools and a regional talent pool. I will give you a rough statistic for the UK, but it's 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 certainly comparable in um, East Coast of Australia and East and West Coast of the United States. And that is a two hour zone. So if you can get to an office in two hours. Two and a half then people on a hybrid basis. And that's this is where we talk about what is the hybrid. And I, by hybrid, I'm saying two to three da- days a week, either in an office or work from home. And that's for businesses to decide with their employees. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and with my clients, but it's worked with everybody, recruitment's dead easy now because it's, it's, it, if people are performing and delivering the activity and the outputs that their bosses want, yes. then you can give them more freedom. Absolutely. If they're not delivering the outputs, then you need to rein them in. Absolutely. And so, you know, if I want the flexibility to go and attend my my son, or in my case, my grandson's um, nativity play at Christmas, I need to make sure I'm delivering my outputs because then my boss will allow me to flex off Friday morning or work from home and I can make it up in the evening. Absolutely. Or if I want to have my hair cut or I want to get, you know, whatever I want to do, you can do that. Go to the gym in the lunchtime. Whatever it might be. No, I agree with you totally. I think that's really interesting, actually, that 
I thought you were going to say a diverse talent pool, but you're actually talking about location. You're talking regional talent pool. Well, we'll come back to EDI in a minute, but let's just talk specifically yes. about so so those so those progressive companies yes. are already living in that world. They're living in the regional talent pool world, okay. certainly for all professional recruiters. And what by professional markets I mean engineers, yeah. technology. IT, telecoms, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, legal, finance. So it's your professional. You know, and recruiters themselves. Yeah. Oh, now, absolutely. Let's talk specifically. In the United Kingdom, you can you can have a London salary, and where would you get on for two hours on a train from Euston, Paddington, Kings Cross? Yeah. Well, that'll get you to from Kings Cross. It will get you to York. I know of people who live pretty close to Oxenholme in the Lake District. It's a little bit further. Imagine waking up and working in the Lake District yeah. and working two days a week down in London. Oh, it sounds gorgeous. What a lovely blend. Where, when do I start, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that, so that's the third trend. Um, what else did you want to know? What, what else should we talk? Let's talk about the other thing. Um, resilience. Now, I feel I feel a little bit of a cheat saying resilience because resilience has never gone away. Resilient people are the most successful recruiters in the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what what is what has changed in the last two years is that employers understand the importance of mental health. And I know you are very big on mental health in um, in recruitment. You're a um, what's the correct word? Are you an advocate? Champion. Champion for Dumbrosia for mental health and recruitment. So yeah. it's, uh, it's not, it, I mean, that in 2020 was obviously a huge shift in what we were talking about. So you're basically talking about a mindset here. So if, if we just remind people what the question was, if you're only just tuning in or if you've obviously been listening to everything in saying, I've asked him what are the five things that he's learned in his role as a growth coach um, during the last year or so in what is creating business success. So we've already had so far globalization working from home hybrid model and a, a regional talent pool. And then the fourth point is resilience. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about- We are, but where I was going to come to is what have I learned? What I've learned is that businesses that recognize the importance of this, that put this up there front and central and recognize, because it goes with work from home. Okay. So good businesses that are growing well, have yeah. good expansion, have worked out Actually, I need to look after my people. And that doesn't just mean giving them an iPad and a laptop and whatever they need. It means making sure we wrap around them those healthcare things that everybody needs to do. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased that's one of your top five because despite what people think, I don't script this. I am so delighted that that's what you're seeing and witnessing in real life because we're talking about it. I'm making sure people are aware that we're thinking about mental health and well-being, but the fact that you're saying it's actually creating business success means it works. So well, well, yeah, I mean, but there's you know, I don't want to be funny, and all this is rocket science. No, if you look not. after your people, your people look after you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's there are lots. I love I love cliches that, that that clients, you know, I say to clients, you either change your people, i.e., you you train and improve them, or you change your people. Yeah, no, it's very, very true that you've just made yourself a Richard Branson quote, haven't you? Um, and then what's your fifth and final point? Okay, 
So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Well, let's just stick with the, the resilience mental health because that, that is around culture and it's a culture of resilience. It's a culture of mental health. It's it's putting that front and central. Yes. Now, the fifth one, because I've got to choose only one now and I've got about seven or eight that are on my... We can also talk about the what made, nearly made the top five. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, this is about businesses this is again something that's been around for years and years and years the businesses that are struggling to grow are the ones that rely on their competitors to train their staff the ones that are growing are the ones that create good talent pipelines internal so in other words they create a training academy for apprentices they then also have a good to great training program they have a future leaders program they have a development program and the reason for that is yes there are a number of good recruiters moving jobs and i don't need to tell you that because you guys live in that world but unless you're going to tell me something different there's not a many of those there's not enough of those good recruiters to fill the vacancies that are out there absolutely and so yeah and so if you're you know, and, and we've we've had people on our show that are growing and, you know, and they're fabulous people and they've got fabulous cultures because we did one show um, with our good friends, John and Sarah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. At their offices. And, and, you know, they got a great culture and they were in in Boston, I think, or New York last week. Um, yeah, Chicago. You know, Chicago. That's it. Yes. It is Chicago. Yes. But my point being, that they're moving to London for a while, so that's very exciting. But yeah, that was our actually our last show, and we did it in their offices back in 2021. But you're right, and I think 
you know, we need to, from an altruistic point of view, we need to think about the next generation anyway and upskilling yeah. them. And they've gone through the pandemic, which let's face it, their mental health is going to be compromised. So we, I think we owe it to the next generation to create opportunity, whatever your sector, but specifically to our recruitment audience. Of course, we should have apprentice schemes. Of course, we should be looking at school leavers. You know, we, we don't need to do this job because as yeah. Ian rightly said, it isn't rocket science. It's not. So you said to me five. So those are the five that I would be telling business leaders. And some of those are appropriate if you're a consultant. But when we were talking, you also said some of the people on the, listening to our show aren't business leaders, they're consultants. And they'll be saying, that's very nice, Ian, if I owned a business, but I don't own a business. What should I be doing? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you two more because these are relevant to those people. Yeah. Okay, and what I will tell every single recruitment consultant listening to this show that if you're not about, if you're not doing what I'm about to tell you, you'll never make the grade in the market we're in, and that is you. As well as finding your candidates, you have to have good client and candidate control. Yeah. And if you want to know how to do that, there are some fabulous trainers out there. We've talked about Joe Gregory and Ali Braid and the Tribe guys. They're not the only ones, but I've worked very closely with those guys. I know the quality of Joe's training. I know, you know, because I've delivered some of her training myself and good client and candidate control right now is front and center. Now, this, I, I'm not gonna name names, but I can tell you that business owners and business directors that I have been coaching in the last six months where for whatever reason, and it could be people working remotely, they don't know what they're doing. You don't find out about bad clients and black candidate control until offer stage yeah and then it's too late and then you go oh my god or words to that effect and the candidate turns the offer down why did it turn the offer down because they had other offers why didn't you know about the other offers because you weren't doing good candidate control you know if you're giving a brief to a candidate i give you a, a statistic if you're talking to a candidate and you find that you sell them a job and you spend five minutes on the phone to sell a job you're not doing good candidate control the best candidates, the best in class, are spending 30 minutes on the phone. And then they'll prep the candidate before he goes to the interview. And then they'll ring him after the interview. I mean, Joe does some fantastic training on this around the psychological contract. But that is, you know, learn how to do that, recruiters. And if you're not doing it, you will, you'll get, you'll be telling everybody, yeah, I've got loads of CVs out. Yeah, I've got loads of candidates going. Yeah, I'm going to make loads of money this month. You get to the end of the month and you'll miss target because all your offers will be turned down. Yeah. Because the market, yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there. What you no, no. do it every single time. You've got to do it every single time. Do not cut yeah. corners. Don't make assumptions. Yeah. Every single process that what Ian's just said there is a brilliant bonus point. Brilliant bonus point. And the last one, the last one. Again, this is for junior recruiters. In fact, this is for every recruiter. I will give you a crystal ball tip. Okay. I will tell you what is going to happen in the next six months, next to nine months. I will tell you that at the moment we're at the top of the market. Mm -hmm. We are highest demand, highest supply. If you can't make money right now in recruitment, it's probably time to think about another career. But if you're doing it, great. We're going to have a tightening of the market. Yep. The economic conditions globally, in the United Kingdom particularly, with well, globally, there's an increase in en energy costs. Yes. So there's a tightening of the economy. 
when you go into any tightening of the economy, the businesses that I've been associated with and the businesses I've run, the ones that have survived and done really well are the ones that have outstanding customer relationships. Yep. And I would say that you need, if you're a commodity seller, if you take a CV from here and you put it over there and there's no value add and there's no relationship, you'll make money today and you'll be hitting your target but you'll be struggling when the market tightens because that employer will start to choose who they're working with. Yes. And what they'll look for is they'll look for recruiters that add value. What else do I get from you? Yeah. Are you a strategic partner? Are you a trusted partner? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say trust. That's what it comes down to. This has been... Trust. I told you, everyone, this would be gold, didn't I? I think, I, I mean, I've been making notes. Never mind anyone else. I don't think I've ever made notes during a podcast, but I really have. And it's been absolutely wonderful. And I'm really glad that you, you've ended on that point because I think a lot of people listening who maybe have joined the industry, certainly over the last 12 months, it has been making hay. And, you know, the fact is you and I have worked through far too many recessions. We know that there's a cycle to what happens in the economy. And that a lot of the time that is out of our control. And it's really important to listen to people that have gone through, you know, different economic cycles to understand what you need to do now when things are great for when things are not going to be so great to ensure that you not just survive, but you then thrive through it and beyond it. So thank you so much. And I miss you so much. I miss our weekly Maybe we should bring it back. What do you reckon, everyone? Should we bring back Recruitment Shining Star? <laughs> live? Should we do a live in the summer? Well, I tell you what, Leisha, one of these days, I don't know, it, it's up to them, but if Recruitment Expo want us to run one at their show, I would be delighted to do one with you. Maybe we should talk to them. Um, but it's been, it's been lovely seeing you again. And, you know, I missed our Friday lunchtime chats with our guests. Um, we, we've had some amazing guests and I'm delighted to see some of them go on to bigger and better things you know and you know it's been a tough 12 months I would actually reach out one final thing and I, and I would say this to every recruiter in Europe but every recruiter in the UK I believe the United Kingdom has the best recruitment industry in the world I, I, I know I'm happy to stand on any platform in, I was going to say every country in the world, but there's one country right now I wouldn't want to stand on the platform and say that. <laughs> but I'm happy to stand on any platform and say that and defend it. And I would reach out to them and say this, and this is a, this is a bit of a tear drencher, but there are a few thousand people the other side of the channel and they need our help right now and we need to help them get a job. Yeah. And we need to help those people. Um, so my heart goes to them and it, the recruiters out there as an industry, we need to come together and we need to make that happen because we can help them feed their families. They are some very educated and talented people. I know that I heard them on the radio yesterday. We have the ability to do that. I may not be able to defend their homes. I can obviously give money. And I know Joe Gregory is doing an amazing job with her friends getting aid out there. But yeah. we can help them as recruiters when they land on our shores and they need a job, provided they have a right to work in the UK. And we all know, then let's get them jobs. Yeah, let's not, let's not positively discriminate because that's against the law. But let's get these people into jobs because there are enough jobs right now. Yes. And let's do it as a, as a continent. Let's do it across the world. And, you know, let's help everybody to help themselves. 
God bless to you, Lisa, and everybody on the show. Stay safe. I miss you all immensely. Thank you so much, Ian. Stay safe too. Thank you for joining us on the Recruitment Podcast.